How's everybody doing today? Good. It's great to see you all. Now, I, I, I want to say something, and I'm not looking for congratulations because my wife is not here at the moment, but Nicole and I are celebrating our 29th anniversary today. I, I said, I'm not looking for any congratulations. All of the congratulations go to Nicole, who has put up with me for 29 years. We got married 29 years ago. Today, the next day, we left for our honeymoon. We went to Maui. Sadly, we went to the part of Maui that just burnt down a couple weeks ago. So that was sad for us a little bit. But then we went on our honeymoon. We came back two weeks later. We started working at this church as youth pastors. So we've been married and here for 29 years. So um, again, she is truly amazing, putting up with me and all of the amazing qualities that she has. Um, you know, she's just so faithful, so loyal, so hardworking. You know, because she doesn't stand up on the stage a lot and not necessarily prominent in our church, but you know, she is working really hard all the time for you guys, for your kids, for the church. And I just wanted to commend her this morning. Thank God for her. <clears throat> couple other things. I just wanted to echo a little bit uh, some of the announcements Michael gave about groups. You know, we're launching groups here, and groups is so important for us as a church. You know, we have kind of a big environment here on a Sunday morning, and sometimes it might be difficult to make friends in the lobby because of the busyness and people picking up kids. And so this is what groups is for. The intention of our groups is friendship. Um, and then out of those friendships, we believe discipleship can happen. So if you're looking for some friends here at the City Church, one, uh, groups is a great place to start. We have the groups for men and women and couples and ages and stages and different activities. Um, so you can sign up for one of our groups on, on our website. And there's also some spots <clears throat> there in our lobby. And guys, we have a men's event in a couple weeks. Now... <clears throat> Men and women are different, just in case you didn't know. And so for three hours on this event, we're just going to compete with each other. We're going to shoot each other with fake lasers. We're going to play mini putt. And at the end of that, we're all going to be really close to friends because of it. And, you know, if you are around my age, you can remember back in the day, you used to have to go to the arcade before there were consoles. We would pay a quarter to play a video game. Now, at this place, there's various video games, and all of the video games, men, are going to be free for three hours. Come on. Childhood dream come true. So that's just going to be a great time, guys. You can sign up for that. Now, our space is limited for that, so you want to sign up as soon as possible. It's $25. Again, unlimited laser tag, mini pod, video games. We're going to have pizza that night. We're going to hang out. It's going to be a great time. And then next week, something super special. We are having our youth revival service, our youth takeover weekend. It's going to be great. Our youth uh, worship team is going to be leading us in worship. Michael, our youth pastor, is going to be bringing the word. You don't want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. All right. Week four of our series, Full of Faith, uh, just spending our whole fall... <clears throat> looking at the subject of faith, stories of faith in the Old Testament and the New Testament and see why faith is so important in the scripture. The New Testament tells us that we should walk by faith, live by faith. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 11 that it's impossible to please God without faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And so all of these aspects of faith that we are discussing and looking at are so important for our own personal discipleship that we can grow in our understanding in God, we can go cl grow closer to him and then grow our faith in him. So what we want to look at in this series is what attitudes characterize faith. 
What does it look like to live by faith? What does it look like to live this way that we would actually be pleasing God? How does faith act? Because we don't want to be nominal Christians, just Christians in name only, uh, waiting to die or waiting for the return of Jesus, that we want to be actively engaging in our faith, actively trusting God for his power to be showing up on our lives, actively wanting to live according to God's ways. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. Acts chapter 6, verse 8 says... And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And there arose from them what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians and those of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were, able, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So these two qualities that we're seeing, that the power of God was showing up in the life of Stephen because he was full of faith. This is how the scripture describes him. And then not only was the power of God showing up in his life, which is important and necessary, and we're talking about that in this series, but then also this wisdom that he had. They couldn't deny the wisdom by which he spoke. Just the understanding of God, the understanding of how life should be lived, this is what wisdom is. And so we see these things in the life of Stephen, the carrier of the power of God and of the wisdom of God. Now, what we are not saying in this series is just because you have faith, you're not going to face any problems. We are going to face problems. We are living in a broken world. The very next chapter, we know that Stephen was persecuted to the point of death, that he was martyred. So it's not that we're not going to face difficulties. But when we, when we have faith, but whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, we know that God is with us and we can put our trust in him. So week one, we talked about um, a faithful God. We sang about God's faithfulness this morning. And the reason, the reason that faith is a powerful thing is because God is powerful. It is the object of our faith that makes our faith powerful, not just the fact that we have faith or we declare that we have faith. The reason faith is strong is because we serve a strong God. So we talked about that week one. Week two, as we celebrated water baptisms, we talked about faith that transforms as we put our faith in God. He is transforming every part of our lives. He's leaving nothing unchanged, that we are being transformed into the image of Christ. Then last week, we talked about the spirit of faith training and retraining our responses and our reactions so that we are truly living by faith in God. Not just living in faith in nothing, but trusting in God so that we would respond in the spirit of faith. And so those are the three messages that we've spoken so far. If you missed any of them, they're available on our YouTube page and then also through our podcast. So today, our subject is faith obeys. Does everybody like obedience? It's not our favorite thing, but this is the most important thing when we think about faith. Faith obeys. Now, what we believe, we obey. All of us, in one sense, are living by faith in something, truly. If we are are putting our trust in God, thank God for that, and and it's not just God, but again, his ways, that how, what we have faith is our God. What we have faith in is our God. And God has something to say about each aspect of our lives. And what we want to do is we want to obey, or we should want to obey, what God would have for us. Because all of us have some sort of faith 
You know, we have a statement of faith here at the church. All of us are living according to some sort of statement of faith. We have some sort of innate statement of faith is how I think family should be lived. And the reason I know that is because you live it out. However you live in your family is the faith that you have in family. Now, it may or may not be the ways of God, but it is the faith that you have. How you live in relationships is what you believe about relationships. This is your life statement of faith. And we could go down the line. So all of us are living by faith in some things, some ideas. Again, we should be living according to the ways of God, our creator. Especially those of us that are the followers of Jesus. This is something that we should take serious, not something we should set aside. And so we should do a little bit of a personal examination. Am I on purpose intentionally living by faith in God? Am I trying to obey the ways of God? Or is my life just a little bit haphazard, ad hoc? I'm just kind of doing things and, you know, this is what my parents did and this is what I see, you know, portrayed in movies. This is what I see in culture. So I, I do those things that we don't necessarily examine those things to know the source of those things or to say these are godly things. But faith in God obeys the ways of God. This is what we want to get to in this series. This is what we're focusing on in this message, because we will act in accordance to the dictates of the faith that we have. And over the years, my wife and I have done um, some marriage counseling, and we've talked to some couples that are just struggling in their relationships. And after hearing their story, uh, a bit of what we say to them is simply is, you guys just have really bad relationship habits, unexamined relationship habits. This is just how we're operating. This is how we talk to each other. Well, it's not working. You need some faith in new ideas how to be married. And this would be true of all of the areas in our lives that we're experiencing some sort of dysfunction or some sort of ungodly way or something that's not healthy in our lives. We're just living according to rote. We haven't examined how we're living or the faith I have in this idea. Why do I have that idea? Why do I think this is true? Why do I think this is a good way to live? And what we are talking about today is we want to obey the ways of God, the word of God from our lives. Then we want to do these from our heart. We want to do them with intentionality. We want to do them on purpose. We want to not live an unexamined life where we we don't know what we have faith in and why we have faith in those things. Hebrews chapter 11, verse eight says this. By faith, Abraham obeyed. So part of the story of Abraham and the father of faith for us. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance as he went out, not knowing where he was going. So Abraham obeyed the voice of God. This is what we should want to do. Examine our ways, consider our ways. What is our faith in? Is it the ways of God? Is it the ways of culture? Is it the ways of secularism? 
Let's be honest with ourselves and think about all of the ways that we're doing all of the things in our lives. That God was calling him to this place that he could receive an inheritance. In other words, to receive the things that God has for you. And don't we want that? Don't we want the things that God has for us? Because at the end of obedience, we walk in the things that God has for us. And the things that God has for us is better than anything we could dream up on our own. So we should desire to walk in the promised land that God has for me and for my family. I I want this inheritance that God would have for me. Well, what's the first step? obedience to the ways and voice of God. And then at the end, he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, a little bit, again, when we follow the ways of God, we don't exactly see the full outcome of the choices that we're making by saying yes to God. Because they will be countercultural, They will be the opposite as to what we see in the world. And so everybody else is doing this thing. And then God is calling me to do this thing and to act this way and to do relationships this way. And it's a little bit opposite as to what everybody else is doing, even though they're just living an unexamined life and just doing the ways of culture. And at the other end of it, he's, being, he's calling us. And then he's like, I don't actually know where this is going but I'm going to obey God. And this needs to be our disposition. But what is the struggle sometimes when God is asking us to do something and then we don't know the outcome? It's the same as giving instructions to a toddler. What does a toddler say to you when you tell them to do stuff? No, yes. (laughs) No, for sure. But I was going for why? Because why? They don't know. They don't know the end of their decisions. They're not smart enough, right? They don't have enough wisdom to know the things that you know. And so you are telling them something and they don't know why you're telling them that thing. But at the end of the thing that you're telling them is for their benefit. But it's beyond their intellect to explain it to them. And this is our struggle a lot of times. Again, because the ways of God a lot of times are countercultural. I don't know the benefits of that. Why would I do that? It goes against the grain of my life, even though the grain of my life, I don't actually know why I've chosen the things that I'm doing. I just do them. These are just habits that I've formed. And this is what my parents did and my grandparents did. And this is what we see is popular. And so we just do these things. At the other end of obeying God, though, was walking in the inheritance that God has for us. But in the first part, a lot of times, I don't actually know where this is going. I can't see the end of it. But what we always have to know about the ways of God, God's ways are not arbitrary. In other words, not without purpose. When God is asking us to do something, it's not illogical. There's a purpose behind it. There's a reason he's asking us to obey his word and his ways. We don't necessarily know those reasons on the front end, or they might be counterintuitive again, but we want to follow the ways of God because we know that God loves us more than anyone else. 
And when I obey, I won't know the exact outcome up front. But the request for obedience is still the same. You know, my, my daughters always tell stories about when they were younger, me forcing them to go apply for jobs that I knew that they wouldn't get. Why, Dad? Why are you asking me to do this? It's, it's going to be good for you. It's going it's to be good for you to go and understand what it means to put in an application and to go into an uncomfortable meeting and to put yourself out there for a no. Because one day, when it's time for you to get a job, you're already going to have this experience. But why? And as a good dad, I didn't say, okay, never mind. You don't have to obey me. I'm like, get in the car. We're going. Because there was something on the other side of this obedience that they needed to know and they needed to walk in. And it's the same way with God. And a lot of times we just resist because we don't know. And we look at the forged wisdom of the scripture. We're not exactly sure where it's taking us. But it would be wise for us to say, yes, God. I'll do the thing that you're asking me to do. And then when we obey, there's an opportunity cost. Now, does anyone remember from business class what an opportunity cost is? When we choose one opportunity, we're giving up something else. And when we choose to obey God, what is the cost of us choosing to obey God? What it... What we're saying no to when we choose God is we're saying no to what the world says. The ways of the world. We just say no automatically when we say yes to God. That is what it's costing us to say yes to God. And then the other thing it costs us is how our flesh feels. Does anyone ever have feelings in your flesh? Right? And you know, you know, we know the right thing to do. We know the right thing to eat. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You go to the fridge, let's make it as extreme as possible. You go to the fridge, there's broccoli and there's onion chip dip. Now, these are not the choices of life, but let's just talk about it for a second. We know that the broccoli is better for us. But sometimes we just want to eat chips with dip for dinner. You know what I'm saying? I'm an adult. I can do what I want. (laughs) But we know by making the right choice, the healthy choice, what is it? It's better for us in the long run. And all the ways of God are like that. We talked about sin last week. We said... The pleasures of sin are fleeting. In other words, it's just for a moment and then it goes away. The ways of God are never like that. They are good for us forever and for always and whatever age we are. So this is a responsibility that we need to embrace, being obedient to the word of God. Acts chapter five, verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. 
And this can be intimidating. Because you get called names nowadays when you choose the ways of God. They call you full of hate speech if you choose the ways of God. But I, I, I don't actually hate anybody. So that's just your own accusation. But we still have to choose the ways of God even when other people don't like it. We gotta choose to please God instead of man. Romans chapter eight, verse seven. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. What is a carnal mind? A body ruled mind. That the thoughts in my mind are ruled by my flesh. This is the opposite of God not subject to the law of God. And so in other words, a, a spirit-ruled mind or a God-ruled mind is gonna be in line with the laws of God so that we would be pleasing God, living a life pleasing to God. Second John 6. And this is the love, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. In other words, live in it. We love God. We would all say, followers of Jesus, we, we love God. Well, what does it mean for us to love God? Well, it means for us to walk in his commandments, to obey what he says. To make intentional choices to follow the ways of God and to say no to other things. And then what's on the other end of that? The same as Abraham, but there's a promised land that we're going to walk in. God's desired future for us is on the other side of obedience to him. God's desired future for us is on the other side of our obedience to him. Now, sometimes this could feel like waiting. Has anyone ever been in a waiting season? You know, you, you see something and there's a promise of God like we were singing about today. And so we're trusting God for our future. And then if we were God, we would just give it to us today, right? If we are our own God, we would just give all of the things to us that we want right now. But then some of the things that God has shown us in his word that, he, that we can actually walk in and have, they're just gonna take time. And they're gonna be according to his time because he is the father God, right? He's not the grandfather God, he's the father God. Grandfather, give you stuff right now, right? <laughs> right, grandfathers mess you up. You don't, no discipline. He's the father God. You're not ready for this yet. I know, I know, yes, you can have this, but it's gonna be five more, five more years, God. I'm ready now, why? Well, we're just gonna trust his timing. Amen. <clears throat> Obedience establishes the ways of God in my life. Romans chapter three, verse 31 do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. What does that mean? When we're putting our faith in God, we do his ways. Well, what, is our, what is our law 
in the new covenant. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your neighbor as yourself, right? So when we establish the ways of God, when we do that, when we prioritize God, we love him, we worship him, we give to him, we do all of these things first. And then we're going to fulfill all of the Ten Commandments by loving people. We're going to be inspired to love people by the love of God, by which we see this in Jesus' sacrifice for us. We're going to be inspired to love others. We're going to fulfill the law. Establish the law in our lives. Psalm 119.10, with my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And we are not wandering from them, we're obeying them. Romans 6, 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should, everybody say should, is the thing that we should do, walk in the newness of life. Now again, we are not doing the commandments of God to appease him. From the place of grace, from the place of salvation, that is the place that we choose to do the ways of God. But I'm not doing the ways of God to somehow achieve salvation. I can't, but because salvation has been given to me through Christ from that place, I live in obedience to him out of a place of love. We should walk in the newness of life. We should do, this is what we should do. This is the disposition. This is the proper disposition for those of us that we say we follow Jesus. Our life is not our own. Our life should be lived in obedience to Christ. Obedience to the right way, to God's way, is light and brings blessing. Matthew 11, 28, come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and I am, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' yoke, his way of interpreting the scriptures, following the teachings of Jesus. It's easy and it's light. This is how we would come to him for this purpose, doing the ways of God. 1 John 5, verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. At the end of following God's commandments, we walk in the promised land. Now, again, the commands of God are contrary to the ways of culture. So at first, it's going to be a little bit uneasy because it doesn't sound like what the world sounds like. But his commands are not burdensome. It is the right way to go. It is the right thing to do. It is the way that God has designed life to be. It's not heavy. It's not burdensome. It's a blessing. Listen, Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Just keep what the word of God says. And what is it? It's, it's blessed. Automatically, the ways of God are blessed. 
yeah, but I don't understand this and I don't want to do this. And nobody else is doing that. Nobody else thinks this way. Nobody in my class believes this way. But the ways of God are blessed. James chapter one, verse 19 says this. Know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Does anybody struggle with that verse? Just gotta be honest this morning. I would rather talk than listen a lot of times. You know what I mean? Okay, just me. Verse 10, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Man, that's a good thing to think about right there. Therefore, put away filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We don't want to be deceiving ourselves. We just don't want to hear the word of God and just, well, I read it and or I listened to it. When we're, we're not a doer, we're just deceiving ourselves. One of my Bible school instructors said, the only word of God that you know is the word of God that you do. Not that I can repeat it, but I would put it into practice. Verse 23, I love this. Here's what it's like. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he himself goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Now, when I got, when I got up this morning, I went and I stood in front of the mirror. It was not a good situation. <laughs> My hair, even though it's very short, was, was, was you know, bedhead, and I'm not sure bedhead is the style anymore, but for me, it just wasn't, I just didn't want to do bedhead. And there was like wrinkles on my face from the pillow, you know, and just the normal stuff on your face that needs to be cleaned up from sleeping. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Now, if I had been like, eh, and just showed up this morning, you would have been, Pastor Brent, what's the issue? Is, some, is there a problem? Because you looked at yourself in the mirror and you didn't make any changes. And that's what it's like when we look at the word of God and we don't change anything. We don't put anything into practice. We deceive ourselves. Well, I heard it. I can tell you where the verse is. I can tell you where the reference is. We shouldn't be, do, be doing that. But the one who looks and, and bless us all on Sundays, friends, with a shower. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty perseveres. No being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Obedience to the word of God is a blessing. Matthew 7, 24, a very familiar portion of scripture. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew and the beat against the house, and yet it did not fall 
but it had its foundation on the rock. Now, what rock is he talking about? The word of God practiced. Not just the word of God, the word of God put into practice. This is the type of house life that doesn't fall. But everyone who hears these words of mine is the same. You hear the word and does not put them into practice. is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The storm is the same. We're all going to face the storm. The differentiating piece, someone who hears the word and does it, someone who hears the word just doesn't do it. We want to do the word of God. All right, finally, we'll finish with this. Esteban, you can come on up and play. Up front, we need to pre-decide that we are gonna obey God. I don't know everything about my future. I don't know everything about your future. But what I know and what we all should collectively know, when we do the word of God, we practice the ways of God, we are gonna walk in the blessings of God. For Samuel chapter 15, the context of this is Saul, who's soon going to be rejected as king. And he's kind of just doing his own thing. You know, he's getting some instructions from the prophet Samuel, and he kind of partially does them. And then he does some things. Well, wouldn't God like this? Even though it wasn't following the instructions, surely God would like this. Surely God would think this is okay, even though it was against the instructions of God. Samuel 15, 22, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings, sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams for rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance, like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So, So Saul thought, you know, we know the sacrificial system and wouldn't God be happier if we were offering more animals and sacrifice to God? Samuel's response, to obey is better than sacrifice. It's not not just doing your own thing and then getting forgiveness for it and doing your own thing and say, God, this is fine, right? God, I want you to bless my plans. But here's the deal. God's plans are already blessed. If we just do his thing up front. And these words here, it just seems harsh. Rebellion is like the sin of divination. Arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. What, what does arrogance mean? It just means I know better than everybody else. And we would never set up a statue in our house and worship it Kind of, this is what we think idolatry is. But if we serve our own choices separate from God, that's idolatry. That's arrogance. God, I don't need you. I can do my own thing. I'm not a toddler. I'm not a teenager. To obey is better than sacrifice. And then finally this. In John chapter four, Jesus was ministering to this woman at the well and they had a conversation about water and living water and and where did we worship and not worship. And then she was, you know, 
you've had five husbands and the person, the husband you're with is not your husband. And she's like, I perceive that you are a prophet. So he had this great ministry time with this woman, just helping her in her life because her life was a mess. And his disciples were trying to get him to eat some food. And there's a whole interaction here about food and they were kind of just missing the point. And John 4, 31 says this. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? So Jesus was talking about a spiritual type of food and they were talking about a physical type of food. And Jesus says in verse 30, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The thing that Jesus is commenting here in these verses, the, the thing that satisfied his life beyond just physical food, and there's nothing wrong with physical food. I have food to eat. It's like you, you don't know anything about to do the work of God. And this will be true for all of us. The thing that will truly satisfy our lives. See, this is a search for most people. I just, I'm not satisfied. I do this and I do that and we'll eat this meal and we do this. We have this trip and none of it seems to be hitting the thing for my heart. The only thing that's gonna satisfy all of our hearts is doing the work of God in our lives. This is food to eat. Jesus says, you just don't know anything about this. The thing that's going to satisfy our soul, to satisfy our lives, is obedience to the ways of God. Let's just pray today. God, we love you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. God, today we intentionally, on purpose, want to choose your ways. Forgive us, Lord, for the ways in our lives that we have been haphazard, living unexamined lives. Just doing the ways of culture, just doing things because we've always done them that way. God, we, we want to do your ways. We want to establish your ways in our life, in our heart, in our families, in our friendships, practices on the job, in our careers. God, because we know on the other side of our obedience is to walk in your blessing. And God, that is our desire for our lives, to walk in your ways. God, we want to be practitioners of your word, not just hearers only. God, so we just thank you for everyone in the room today. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us. Lord, you would help, we just pray that you would help us to see and to know the ways that we are not yielding ourselves to you, to obey you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a gracious God to help us to see it and to do it. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and, and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. 
And this prayer is just a starting point in our relationship with God. Everybody needs a starting point in your relationship with God. And how is it that we have a relationship with God? Well, we, we can't pretend that we're perfectly moral because none of us are. The scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we can't operate in some sort of religious way and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm religious now. Will you accept me? You know, the only way for us to have a relationship with God is to receive what Jesus has done for us. The good news, the gospel is that Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, we can have a relationship with God. And that relationship starts today and it changes our eternity, that we would be with God for eternity. So if that's you this morning, you've never said yes to Jesus, I invite you to pray along with me today. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you used to be close to God. Maybe something happened in your life to cause you to be distant. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God is inviting you close to himself. Again, I invite you to pray along with me as well this morning. So church, everybody here today, we're gonna pray this out loud, helping somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray this together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, city, let's celebrate with those who made the decision for the first time this morning. We're so excited for you, one of the best decisions you made in your whole life. And so if that was you, if you made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, if you rededicated your life to him, we're going to encourage you to fill out the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Check off the box that says, I have decided to follow him. And turn that in into our info desk in our main lobby. We have a team that's going to greet you with a huge smile and just celebrate with you, as well as give you some resources for your new journey of faith. Um, We're so thankful that you are here today. I'm going to invite you to stand so you get ready to go. Uh, Just going to remind you as well of some important announcements that were announced earlier. Uh, Just a reminder, there are alpha signups, city group signups, and men event, the men's event signup all happening in our lobby. I love what Michael said in his announcement video. Uh, Let's get connected to our church just outside of these Sunday mornings. Let's be intentional so we chase community and friendship with one another. I love it so much as well. If you were, if you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, some of our leaders, they're coming down in the front of uh, the stage right now. In a couple of moments after I dismiss, feel free to come down to any one of them and they would be more than happy to pray with you this morning. Hey, City, are you happy that you came to church on a beautiful fall weekend, spent some time together? It was so great to see you. If we don't see you throughout this week, we will see you next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for Thanksgiving weekend together. We love you, City Church. Have a great week. You are dismissed.